Welcome to episode 132 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Gentlemen, Indeed. we are getting a later than usual start, even by our standards. And that has caused, stuff, that has actually caused me to harm myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> are you a cutter now? I am. So let me tell you what I did. In the uh, so it's nine thirty now. So let me tell you what I did between nine and nine thirty, when left to my own devices while I was waiting to get started. So last week, I had a war. Have you have you ever had a wart? Have you ever experienced the wart? Yeah, no. not very many. Dave, Maybe. have you have you experienced the wart? Never. I know I had one when I was a kid. I'm gonna set the over under at one and a half. Okay. The number that I've had before. I think I had one as a kid as well on my arm, but I don't remember. But I, I mean, it's been probably several months ago, but I started noticing that my toe was hurting really bad when I would step on it in a certain way. And I thought I had a blister on it. And so did did some different things. And when I was, you know, running, I'd tape it up and just try, you know, kept thinking this blister would heal. And finally, it just didn't heal and didn't heal. So I went to see a dermatologist and was diagnosed with the toe wart subdermal that means it's below the dermal Ooh. yeah so it's growing it's growing the opposite yeah. way but let me tell you this i didn't think this through by the way did you know that and i can i can say this definitively because i work in the medical field if you were going to rank the medical specialties Dermatology is far and away. It goes dermatology, dietitian, then a huge chasm, and then everything else. I thought, uh, is it ophthalmologist? Were they eye doctors? Ophthalmologist? Yeah. Right. An optometrist? I heard, like, I heard that them and dermatologists were good because it's a more not insurance-based you know, a lot of the stuff they do is just straight out of pocket. Oh, sure. And and by the way, to clarify, we're not talking about money here. We're talking more oh. on the physical attractiveness scale. Oh, I thought we were talking money. <laughs> no, we're talking if you were going to deal with a medical professional that was most likely to look like she just stepped off the set of a soap opera or a uh, edition of WWE Divas. Dermatology number yes. one. So I didn't. So, I didn't think this through because right. I just made the online appointment, and I go in there and I haven't like done any prep work. I've just been working all day. I've got my socks on, and then I find myself in the awkward position of sitting in a chair with two of the most beautiful women I've ever laid eyes on in my entire life, holding my foot and taking off my nasty work sock. Ugh. Well, they've seen. What they've seen, you don't want to know. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the trade-off you get in that profession is, yes, that you do have to see things. In fact, I saw some things in the waiting room 
that I'm still oh, still kind of processing in my mind. Do you guys get the yearly dermatological checkup? Well, I'm now going to be getting the bi-weekly dermatological checkup. <laughs> They're going to be like, sir, we really do not need to see you again. No, I, no, I, I, I actually do that. not, but I, uh, I think after this experience, I'll be adding that into the mix. But the reason I tell you this story is, do you know how they treat a wart? Um, Don't they freeze it? Wow, look at look at medical school Dave over here. I had no it's idea. Been. I had no idea, but yeah, so once she looked at it, diagnosed it as a wart, she said, hey, these are easy to fix. She's like, this will hurt a little bit, but it'll take care of it. And then, the, yeah, so one of them held my foot, and then the other one essentially just grabbed an aerosol can of some kind of liquid nitrogen and just blasted it with that, and it burned for a second. And then, you know, here... Um, I'm a week or so out, and it's it's all turned the word all turned black, but it's it's better. Just asking for a friend. Do you know if they treat genital warts the same way? Do they bring out the can? <laughs> they treat them very tenderly, as <laughs> as I understand. Holding, one of them's got a leg. Yeah. <laughs> they bring in the the can special. Yeah. <laughs> freeze those, and they're like, I, I've been waiting for it all to turn black. Finally. <laughs> well, Wish somebody me. in this house has been waiting for that to happen. Not me. The reason I say all this is so in the 30 minutes between when the podcast was tentatively slated to start and when it did, I have noticed that on my uh, upper calf, I have another wart. And I also have a can of uh, just spray air, you know, like you use to clean keyboards with that if you hold upside down, spits out essentially like the equivalent of liquid nitrogen. So I okay. thought to myself, well, hey, maybe I'll save myself a copay here. Uh-oh. And just let's get after that other wart. Let me tell you something. My leg hurts really bad right now. <laughs> it's pretty much all I could do to laugh. Some be an urgent care. It may have been a it's slight... An hour and a half. May have been a slight miscalculation on my part. Yeah, that seems a little. That seems a little risky. Yeah. So, um, who are who are we? What is this? Where do we find this show? Yeah. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Dermatology or at Where to Turn Pod. You can find me at Tommy Two Underscore Zero, where I will be giving free health tips daily. You can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven, where I tweet about the fiend almost every day. And you can find me at point break underscore Dave. And I have not tweeted in a while, but that'll change. Whatever Glenn. happened to questions for KJ? Oh yeah, Monday questions for KJ. All right, I'm bringing that back next oh, Monday. I, I was I was like, man, we're getting into Amber Geiger already. D- did I'm you gonna ease into it here? Did you know that today is actually KJ's birthday? Really? This That's is the, a... for the birthday episode. So he's, The oh. day we're recording or it's going to release? Uh, the day that we're recording right now on Earth. Well, happy birthday, KJ. Yes. Okay, and that's our Amber Geiger segment. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to loop back to how smart we are about courts and stuff? Since we basically called it last week. I feel like this show, in the realm of politics and courts, in jurisprudence, has a pretty stellar record of of pretty much always getting it right. Definitely. 
and also predicting natural disasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good foreshadowing there. But, so, uh, yeah, I think we broke it down pretty adequately. And uh, if you want this podcaster's opinion, I obviously agreed with the verdict because we talked about that last week. But I think they got the sentence right, too. I was in the 10 to 15 range is where this needed to fall. Were you in the hug was a good thing for the city of Dallas camp or were you in the the hug was a cheap cop out to ignore the real issues that plague the city of Dallas camp um, I'm kind of in the uh, a little troubled not troubled uncomfortable with the judge coming down and hugging the murderer I don't have any problem with the guy's younger brother doing it well, I, I have a couple of thoughts. One is, yes, I think once the judge saw how well the original hug from the brother got over that she wanted to get in on the act. But then, two, I've watched way too much wrestling for me to be comfortable with the original hug because I've just, like, seen this play out way too many times. I'm just like, no, no, it's going to be the hug for about five seconds, and the next thing you know, it's an RKO. <laughs> She's a, she's like I'm already doing ten years. Let's just go ahead and. Oh no no! I I didn't think it was her. I thought we were gonna have the. Uh, hold on, I gotta get his name here. The Brant Jean heel turn at the end. <laughs> okay. It's like when Can the rock, like when the Rockers were feuding, and then Shawn Michaels hugged Marty Jannetty, and then as soon as he turned around, he gave him the super kick through the window of the barber shop. Are you suggesting that he was gonna? give that very, you know, passionate and compassionate speech, asked to give the hug, and as she rushes over, all of a sudden he hesitates and just hits her with trouble in paradise. <laughs> now, I want to ask you a serious question. Why of all the finishing moves you could have picked, did you pick that one? Um, I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed to work. It seemed to be island-based. Because he didn't know what our truth finisher was. <laughs> So you did you think about the scene when Randy Orton won, I think, his first title and he was still a member of Evolution and they're holding him up on his shoulders and then Batista gives the thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down? That's what I thought was going to happen during yeah. that embrace. I'm still hung up on Tommy's original scenario. So that happens then you have like Ducey on the news and he's like, and then he hit her with an RKO. Out of nowhere, because that's how RKO's happen. <laughs> just picture Cynthia Isagire just being like, oh, the, look at this beautiful... Mo my God! My God! <laughs> <laughs> he done killed her. I mean, that's in, probably insensitive. Probably this whole thing's insensitive. But no, I think, I think that we are coping with it in the same way the entire city is, and that's that's okay. I don't know. I'll tell you who would disagree with you. Have you been on Facebook today? <laughs> no, I don't. The last time I was on Facebook, that coincidentally, the last time I was on Facebook, I just posted to somebody uh, that I used to work with that I realized looked like somebody, and I just posted to her that, hey, I'm not saying you look like Amber Geiger, but every time I watch the news, I wonder why you killed that guy. And then I logged back off of Facebook. <laughs> Do you think that today might be the appropriate time to double down on that joke? 
She does, especially like a profile shot. It's like exact. Yeah. Just say, "Hey, catch up with you in 10. <laughs> Did uh, <laughs> so if you've been scrolling through Facebook, are you are there a lot of uh, pictures of the American flag, but it's like more blue colors, or what are we dealing with? <laughs> No, I um, I just feel like there's there's certain people that you and I know, and I, I don't know that Dave does, that maybe tend to grandstand a little bit on Facebook, especially around political events. And one of these such individuals, I have to be very careful here because we could be really close to another you-know-what situation. <laughs> wow. But anyways, this individual had an interesting take that would prompt me to probably say that with this person, there was no chance you were going to be able to win no matter what. Like, I don't think anything short of them just pulling out a gun and, and double tapping Amber Geiger in the head in the courtroom would have, would have been good enough. Oh, really? Yeah. That's just not, but she went on to say that we're all guilty. So let's just keep that in mind. No. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, of murder. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably, uh, through other lines of communication, just go ahead and tip me off what I should be looking for. Yeah, I uh, I can do that for you, pal. But uh, if you if you looked around next Sunday, you probably could get a pretty good chance of laying eyes on somebody, unless you're uh, at TMS or something like that. <laughs> In which case, <laughs> might get a whole different opinion. I don't know. True. Well, True. speaking of speaking of, um, you see what Bubba Wallace did after the race. Yeah, he threw water in somebody's face. Well, he, you know, Alex Bowman was suffering from heat exhaustion, and they had well, to transport him, transport him to a medical facility, pal. Mm. And while he was sitting on the ground receiving medical attention, Bubba ran up and threw water in his face. <laughs> Bubba didn't just say, "Oh, I just walked into the wrong car." Sorry about that. <laughs> no, just a kind of an interesting non sequitur. No. Oh. I did see that though, and uh, and I support his actions. So I know we do we do live sports updates on this show, but how about a live news update? So was there any yeah. rioting after the verdict was read? Because I I legitimately don't know this. I'm being located further away. Oh, yeah. So was there actual like meaningful rioting, or was it just isolated to small groups? Um, how many people have to be involved for it to be meaningful? Like triple digits. No, I wouldn't say triple digits. I'd say I'd say at least fifty. Yeah, like Royal Rumble, but one that takes place in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, like like a greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, there was at least one because there was a group that brought that blocked one of the roadways, I guess, near the police station or some such. Last night, they were obviously had issues with the length of the sentence. But again, I just don't like. I don't think you could bet on this. Maybe somewhere you could bet on it. I bet you somewhere you couldn't. I looked. You could. You did really? Yeah. It seems to be in poor taste. But I mean, <laughs> if the over under was like, you know, nineteen and a half, I I would have laid anything on the under. Yeah. I didn't think she was getting twenty years or more. There was no chance. I'm not saying that I put money on it because I didn't. But we did have uh, somebody set a line of 12 and a half, which I thought was about perfect. Because I think at 12 and a half, you really do have a decision to make. 
I had five, and then I found out five was the minimum, and I was like, okay, I need to back off of that a little bit. No, I could I could have seen a scenario where five was the number because I really do, and I said this last week, and this, you know, I know we've been joking, which is probably somewhat in poor taste. We'll find out uh, how poor taste it was, <laughs> or one of our wives will find out, and then let us know. Um, but I really do think that. Um, she totally made a mistake. I just, I, I really struggle despite the op-eds that have been written to think that there was a motive beyond the fact that she was a high strung police officer and thought somebody was in her apartment. Do you guys disagree with that point? I, I agree with Tommy. Like, I think there was a lot of, I mean, Whether it's a mistake or not, you can't make that mistake. No, that's so you. You deserve to go to jail it. for that mistake. Yeah. So it's a, it was a a mistake of fact that got her there, but then it was reckless behavior that got her yeah. through the doorway and inside. Because yeah. I I really don't think she made it too far in the apartment. No, I think she fired from pretty much the entryway, which again yeah. is such a reckless thing to do regardless of who's in there, because then you've got the potential of in an apartment complex, shooting through a wall, hitting somebody, you know, that's not even in the apartment. Just every decision she made once she realized that she was going to need to go for the gun was wrong. Like as soon as you feel that you just got to get out of there. All right. I think that concludes the Amber Geiger trial. Well, until the appeal, and then we'll be 32. We'll be covering it day by day. By day. What, the appeal is that what you said? Yeah, well, there'll be an appeal, right? Isn't there? A, nah. Isn't there an automatic appeal on murder, or is that just something I heard on a cop show? Um, I don't. I mean, I guess you have nothing to lose by appealing, but I don't know if I don't know if Do it's you, automatic. Could she get more time on an appeal? Well, that's think a good. So. That's a great question. I don't think so either. But boy, what a what a backfire that would be. Yeah, then you it's like, uh, yeah, you really got to think through if you want to lay that bet. Well, I always wondered as we continue this, I always wondered if there was ever a deal on the table, like to begin with, like uh, whether you plead guilty or like a no contest type type thing and take an automatic sentence. But, you know, you don't have the possibility of the acquittal, but I feel like the position she was in, if they would have said, Six months ago, hey, you just plead guilty. We'll give you the minimum five years. You don't have to risk any more than that. Seems like that'd be hard to pass up. Yeah, I think that that they legitimately thought all the way through that she was not going to be found guilty, even to the point of putting her on the stand. I, I, I think I bet they would if the deal was even offered, which I don't know if it was. I bet they, th- I bet they thought they were going to get away, get away. Yeah, that's probably not I the just, right word. That they were going to be found. Uh, found not guilty of murder in this situation. Uh, it, ended up, it ended up being like, seemingly, without like watching it every day, like the easiest conviction ever. I mean, the, the trial was less than a week. Yeah, and they didn't deliberate very long. They kind it was of like half a day. got the information and they said, we're good to go. I think it was very straightforward. I think they only struggled with the length of the sentence. It was the only thing that they struggled with yeah and again i i mean i i think they probably got it pretty close to right all the way around the horn but i know there's others that disagree and hey i i value value your opinion too 
Yes, I, I certainly value it. Um, it is, I wouldn't say comical, it's just uh, worthy of observation that you'd see the same individual two days ago was, you know, cheering and jumping up and down and the system works. And then the next day, the same 12 people that gave the verdict give 10 years and then the system is automatically broken. Yeah. And that's why that's why I don't make any posts on social media or argue anything with anybody because you literally can't win. No. No. The uh, person I'm referring to, and I will confab with you off air, wrote a lengthy blog post about how wrong they got it. And this person was also guilty of applauding just just beforehand. So Okay. Yeah. So you have that to look forward to. Oh, I definitely do. And then the debate will be internally, should I respond to this or no? Not? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, this is white hot. You do not touch this. You okay. don't need this kind of heat, okay? This is this is this is like Baron Corbin heat. We don't need this what heat. What if I'm like the street prophets and I want the smoke? <laughs> <laughs> this is go home heat. This is not good heat. This okay. is go home heat. So Dave, you have a story. Yeah, I do have a story. So, <clears throat> a uh, gentleman that I now get to uh, see more that I have moved down to Austin. There's actually a few stories of his that I need to share in coming podcasts. So Wait a we minute. need to give him a name. Is this a guy that I know? No. Okay, this is this not a, Okay, this is not the guy that we could give him the name Botham John. No. Okay. What the, what just happened? No, we actually not, we actually know a guy that looks a lot like Botham John. <laughs> That lives in Austin is, that Dave's had a few run-ins with. True story. And this this is not a guy that once shamed us for saying that leukemia would throw Roman Reigns over the ropes at the Royal <laughs> no. Rumble. No. Okay. This, is, the, uh, this is a person that neither of you know. The fake okay. Botham John's the guy who, on the night before I got married, pulled me aside and was like, hey, I need to show you something. And then Rick showed me the ricochet <laughs> the night before I got married. But I digress. Wow. Yeah. No, this, uh, we're going to call this guy, we're going to call him Lincoln, as in Lincoln Hawks. <laughs> so, and this has like a funny tie in with the, uh, if you remember the show's original uh, icon before we had the one made for us. Ah, yes. The half so, full of beer car. Yes. So this guy is driving home and dude, essentially a guy gets pretty mad road rage at my friend Lincoln. Uh, Don't know. Lincoln claims he has no idea what he did to tilt this guy so bad, Mm. but this guy's just livid. So the guy follows him home, right? Did he realize he was being followed? Yeah. Um, but but Lincoln's a legit... I mean, he's not like a... He's not Brock Lesnar, but I, I mean, he's every bit of 6'5". He's a, he's a pretty big dude. So he pulls in his driveway. He lives alone at the time. He pulls in his driveway. He gets out of his car. The guy pulls in kind of like behind his driveway. <laughs> 
He claims the guy looked methed out was his description. And the guy's got his window rolled down and he's yelling at him. And, you know, Lincoln's just like, whatever, man, you know, you need to get over it. And the guy, eventually they jaw back and forth for a little while and the guy drives on. So this is like 10 p.m. at night, right? So Lincoln, the guy drives off. Lincoln thinks it's over. He uh, is watering a new tree he has in his yard. Oh, so he's so rich. He's, Interesting. He's sitting there watering his tree. The guy comes back <laughs> and parks back in his driveway. And this time he gets out of the car. So my buddy Lincoln is st- standing there holding the hose. The guy's got the window down on his car, but like the passenger <laughs> side is facing him. So the guy gets out of his car. Lincoln just puts the hose <laughs> in his car. <laughs> and the guy doesn't realize it. So he comes over and's like bowed up, you know, nose to nose with him. And they're going back and forth uh, for minutes. <laughs> And Lincoln finally is like, man, whatever, and just like grabs the guy kind of like by the shoulder and pushes him. The guy trips like over the curb and like just falls down in the street. And he gets up and he kind of stands there and yells at him for a little bit more. Then he goes back and gets in his car, which now is like a foot deep in water. It just, he says he drives off, like, you know, the hose rips out of the window as he drives off, and he sees him driving down, and it's just splashing out of all four doors. Man. Wow. A great bit. That's amazing. Have you ever been so mad about a traffic incident that you, you held on to it, like, long enough to leave and go back? I mean, I feel like usually those are, those are crimes of passion. Yeah, um, I can't think of an example. I know I've had, uh, I experienced as a kid, um, my mom was driving us home from school and we had like, like a carpool, like three or four kids in the neighborhood and she was driving us home from school and the, the route went around this curve and like these two teenagers were driving the opposite way and they took, they took the curve that shorted it or whatever. So when we came around the curve, it was like almost head on collision. I mean, you're only going 30 miles an hour, you know, 35 max. So we were able to stop and they kind of swerved. And I remember she turned the vehicle around and like gunned it with other kids in the car (laughs) and followed them all the way until, and they were freaked out too. She got up beside him and yelled at him. And I know my dad followed somebody one time that I don't think he, bumped into his car or he cut him off or he did something, but he followed him all the way home. And again, it was like somebody was like 17 or 18 and the kid, you know, ran, got out and he was running to his house and was yelling at my dad, like, you can't do anything or whatever. My dad was like, no, I'm not going to do anything, but now I know where you live. And <laughs> he just drove off. <laughs> of course, by the time he got home, it was just a joke to him. He's like, I'm not going to do anything. I just wanted to scare him. Then are you sure you can account for his whereabouts the rest of that night? Um, Did he have to go out for a pack of cigs at some point? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I got a set of heads I forgot to pick up at the shop. (laughs) He came back with a a plastic bag and a shovel. (laughs) 
Oh. All right, so, Glenn, did you have anything you wanted to get to before we get to our show homework assignment? Mm. Um, I think the only thing, because I think we're about to transition to some sort of wrestling talk. Yeah, and, and we want to give our valued listeners fair warning before things get too wrestling-focused. Uh, I just have a quick story that it's starting to it's starting to take over my household. I think I've talked a little bit before about maybe my kids having matches in the in the back room to the point that uh, they pick out the character they want and I have to play the music and then oh. they walk across the house. This is what it's about. Room. This is what it's about. So it's these days it's the Undertaker against against Randy Orton is the most common matchup and one one kid's definitely smaller than the other one so i was definitely surprised this happened last weekend they were just back there just doing whatever um you hear them laughing and they're you can tell they're just goofing around and i guess they were wrestling at some point in time then all of a sudden it's not as fun anymore and the older one runs in is like dad dad i'm like what what's up he's like he hit me like Right in the face. And I was like, well, y'all are wrestling, you know, yeah. they're throwing like fake punches yeah. that happens or whatever. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he hit me right in the face. And then he was trying to put it, his fingers in my mouth. <laughs> and my younger one runs in and is like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm the fiend. I'm the fiend. <laughs> like, it's all good. And I'm like, buddy. Yeah, we had to. Some stuff to the imagination. I had to have a similar talk with my son after about the third time he snuck up behind me on the couch and tried to put the mandible claw on. I was like, okay, look, there's a way to do this where you're not really doing it. It's called the working mandible claw. You just make it look like you're doing that. Right. Yeah, we had a little chat about that because that is not, especially if you're just sitting on the couch watching TV, that is not what you expect to happen. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> but... Like the RKO, it's when you least expect it. That's right. I mean, but did he have the theatrical, uh, you know, aspect of turning the lights out? The camera got real shaky for inexplicably, and yeah, no, we did not have we did not have that yet. But he is so bent on going as the fiend for Halloween that I'm starting to struggle to uh, figure out a way to talk him out of it. And the wife is not on board with this. It's already been. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say Tommy's son is sneaking in and getting stuffed animals from his little sister and doing the Firefly Funhouse. Ram- we Rambling a- Rabbit is making an appearance. Yeah, we we went on a family uh, camping trip last weekend, and uh, my oldest one was singing the theme song to that for like an entire day. <laughs> and finally my wife was like, what is that song? And then I just had to show her, and she just shook her head and walked away. <laughs> Tell her it's a friendship that'll never, ever end. That's right. That's what he was singing over yeah. and over and over. But yeah, the uh, that idea for Halloween costume has already been nixed here as well. Yeah, it's been in nixed, and he has a Finn Balor demon mask that Point Break Dave actually gave to him. So he's been substituting that but pretending it's a fiend mask, but he wants the real one, and he knows it exists because he's seen the commercial. Yeah. So he knows it's there, and, and then I did definitely notice that he uh, had written on both fingers today too. So, oh no, the uh, heel hate. 
You're going to get a note from his teacher. We've got some problems, yeah. yeah. It's even problems. been next for me to dress up as that because the kids couldn't do it themselves, so they were like, you should dress up that way, and that's been uh, – it's gotten a big X over it as well. So, well, speaking of dressing up, I wanted to ask you guys' opinion on this, I, and this is a – I really – I'm soliciting genuine feedback here. I'm sure you guys are both going to have jokes, but – Don't do the Trudeau. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> Don't do it. On Halloween, during the day, they're having a costume party at work. And apparently at this particular company, it's a pretty time-honored tradition. And it's expected, and this is amongst the, the team that I work in, so roughly between 80 and 100 people total. Actually, probably closer to 120, but it, it's expected that you show up in a costume. This is not like, a, oh, haha, I'm just going to show up and have some punch and there's there's i've been it's been made known to me that the expectation is you show up in a costume but i'm really struggling on what to do because it is during the work day so you can't you obviously don't want to go as anything controversial political anything that gets you in trouble that aspect and also you don't want to go into something that's so ridiculous that it takes a long time to get it on during the day but then i also don't want to do like the cop out and be like oh i'm going as a golfer or something that is right. just an easy like I'm going to wear something I would wear anyways and say it's a costume. So, yeah, I'm struggling. Like, I, I have go, no idea what to do here. Go as the Fiend, but go as the Firefly Funhouse version with just the sweater. Oh, yeah, so I could get a sweater. <laughs> this is not a bad idea. But, but you would have to have all the dolls, or the puppets, with yeah, you right, at all times. Right, have to bring all of them. Um, but I mean, have you guys had experience with the work? I've never had a work Halloween party experience ever. We did not do this at my former places of employment. Only on one or two occasions, but um, that I participated. But it was usually because the whole team or a group had like a, a theme that we were dressing up as, and then even at at one point our office at a different location at a different time there was like a costume there was like a like a costume parade and groups even had like skits and stuff wow. and they were in you you know there were like gift cards given away for who came up with the best idea yeah well i'm to understand there's also prizes in, involved in this event so anyways and I, and this would be a good point to take any listener suggestions to legitimate only please I mean, you could uh, really cop out and just buy some real cheap vampire teeth and just do that. <laughs> I just you wish Point Break Dave was here because he and I could go as the Property Brothers and we could kill we could. it. <laughs> we could absolutely kill it. That's true. Um, you could... Uh, all you need is... You can get one of those Michael Myers masks and wear something that looks like you're working on your Camaro. <laughs> and you're good there. It's not a bad a idea. Fake, fake machete with some fake blood. You could be... Yeah, but you see, when he starts getting into blood, I don't even know if that's a line you want to cross in the workplace. Well, I think you just the, need, uh... to, need to ask. It's Halloween. I mean, you can't be massive b bullet hole head guy. What was the uh, the coach in Friday Night Lights? Coach Taylor. Him. Coach Taylor? That is yeah. a good idea. Interesting. Because okay. all you need is a blue. Well, look at the look thing. at the shirt don't, I have on right now. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. Yeah, don't well. go as Coach Carter. <laughs> so don't go full Trudeau. Is that what you're saying? Because so he would. He question. would. 
At Man, some I think point. Coach Eric Taylor is a good idea, and I think you could put that together pretty easily. You need a, you need like the coaches, you know, the windbreaker, whatever jumpsuit combo, and you need to get a headset from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And a clipboard. Yeah, dude, that's that's it right there. All right, okay. Well, I've got exactly about one month to source the materials. I'm doing this. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Hey, I'm, you I'm on board. Twenty thirty. Are we Won't done with dead. costumes? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Is this the Dave rant of there's that there's nothing sacred anymore that can't can't get you uh, fired from your job? It's not a rant. I'm just saying. I think at some point, like people are just going to be like, it's not, it's not worth it. You know? Yeah. Like, at some point, it's like, okay, you can't you can't go as sexy nurse because that demeans our fantastic medical personnel or you sexy know, dermatologist as, yeah i understand you can't go as muscled up batman because that's misogynistic like you can't like everything's gonna get x'd what if i got like three other guys and we win as the undisputed era <laughs> <laughs> i think at some point everyone's like you know what it's just not worth it let's just let's just we're just well, over I think that's what naturally happens when just whatever it is that it get, whether you want to say it gets attacked or just just say scrutinized. But there's always there's a breaking point where whether you're doing it for fun, for entertainment, you know, whatever, that there is like, yeah, now there's just too many rules and whatever. So let's just not do it. Let's just not do it at all. I think it's a natural human reaction. I think it is. Because think about this, like, especially in. Uh, and Glenn's, Glenn's the only one still in Dallas now, but classic Halloween costume is the police officer. Huh? You ain't wearing that at the end of this month. <laughs> no, no, we've already touched that topic. We probably need to scurry on. I, I haven't uh, dressed up for Halloween since... That one time I did for work was probably like 2005. I don't think I have since then. Maybe one other time that I can't just recall offhand, but yeah, just not costume guy. I like costumes. We always do like a family thing, but you know, so like the, it's a a themed costume with us and our two kids, but yeah. So you went as Shane Vendrell and... (laughs) Just made them carry around a little toy police car. Yeah, you just went as the family meeting. That was the title. I just had my phone buzz every minute with a little calendar reminder, family meeting. You just got pins and water. That's all you need. Well, gentlemen, the day this episode premieres, there's also another premiere. And that is WWE on Fox. This is big. This is I've huge. Feedback. This is huge. From from listeners, maybe just listener, that said they've been seeing all the promos and their interest is uh, is now present. They feel like they need to check this out, and see what's going on. No, I've heard from several coworkers that have been seeing the advertising on Fox. In in fact, Raw's coming to Nashville the first Monday of December, and I've got a small group of people that are actually going to buy tickets and go just because they're interested from what they've seen on TV. They want to check it out and they're pulling out all the stops tomorrow, or I guess we'll say purposes of the show tonight, 
Rock's going to be there. They've got a title match. This is going to be big. So it prompted a idea for a show hypothetical question. Because they are doing the draft again. Yeah, so they are bringing back the WWE draft, and it's not hard to explain. It's just like any other draft, but they're going to really, from what I'm reading, they're going to really stick to keeping them exclusive between the two shows. So there'll be a, you know, half the roster that's dedicated solely to the show on Monday Night Raw and USA, and then the other half solely to Friday SmackDown and Fox, and then they'll really start to treat those two as completely independent entities. Um, and then that'll give them the ability to kind of get more people on TV, build more storylines within the show, and and not be so convoluted like it's gotten the last few months. So the show hypothetical was, well, if you're going to be able to build those shows, who are the five guys that you're going to build around? And I'm interested to see where you guys took this, because I I kind of ran through with just an overall governing principle that did mine but i don't want to go first i really suggest that i don't go first okay because you haven't done first you're gonna wait and see who we name and then add them to your list aren't you so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out here just as a question how did you go about this because i ended up going through the roster jotting down names of what not every person I like but every name I was like this might make the five and I ended up with a list of 12 and then whittled from there yeah so what I did and I know this is a little a little deviation but I'm learning a lot about deviations in my blackjack study I came up with let's see so 10 I came up with 14 so I took five and five and made Five of them my Raw show, five my SmackDown show, and then I have four honorable mention people that I really considered putting one way or the other and then tried to group those two groups of five based on how I thought they would work amongst each other to kind of headline and, and so champion my brand. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing because the list got so big that I started thinking there's probably a logical way you could separate these two into the two shows. So that's why I didn't want to go first because I know I kind of ruined everything. But All right. You want me to just do the five and leave it at that? Well, I want to hear who you didn't include first, and then I want to hear the five. I want to hear who almost made the list. Here's who almost made the list. Elias. Okay. Daniel Bryan. Interesting. Orton. The Miz. McIntyre. Sami Zayn. (laughs) And then Andrade. So, like, you didn't have to say Sami Zayn didn't make the list. We we just assumed that. <laughs> he made the short list. That's unbelievable. Okay, so there's there are some names in there that I expected to be in your in your actual list, especially Daniel Bryan. So mine was thinking of people I can build around. Sure. And Daniel Bryan's one bump away from being out forever. So he did not make my five. Yeah, that's actually probably a very smart way of thinking about it now that you mention it. I didn't consider that at all. <laughs> well, I've staked my is, entire hopes and futures to him. So, This is the list of people that they got enough that they'll get you going from the start, but they also can maintain. All right. The Fiend, <laughs> obviously. 
<laughs> Alistair Black. All right. Like where this is going so far. Ziggle Wiggle. Yes. And then this is may where it gets controversial, but this is for a well-rounded show. Charlotte and Lacey Evans. Oh. And see. here's the thing. That's my top five in the draft. We, you know, later rounds, we get some other women. Charlotte and Lacey Evans form a heel duo and just steamroll all the other women. They pin all the other women and most of the men. They have the women's tag titles, the women's world title, and they never lose them. They just keep them forever. I like what you've done here. I was going to joke when I was doing it, I ended up not using the women because it, I, I felt it felt strange including them. But if I were to, those would have been the two I would have picked hands down. You realize so. you couldn't draft Bailey five times. Well, you see, in my fantasy draft, Bailey's not going to wrestle anymore because she's going to be having children. <laughs> yeah. That look exactly like me. Wow. You okay? I'm doing great. I really like Dave. Dave, I think Dave and I have very similar tastes. There's a lot of similarities in what we came up with. So, so here's here's what I did. Oh, oh actually, Glenn, are you ready? Uh, sure. Okay. Well, why don't you go, Glenn? Well, I saw you writing the whole time Dave was talking. No, I was uh, looking, but I, I thought about this earlier, and I don't have a whole lot of differentiation because if we're coming up with five. Um, actually the fiend and Alistair black were the first two that came to my mind as well. And I, the only female head in there was Charlotte. Um, otherwise, <sighs> Hmm. I have to put McIntyre in there because we have to do that. Of course you do. <laughs> and he's got enough, you know, he's got enough support from the rock and others. And Vince loves him. So, I think he could still be going places. Um, let's see. So, I need a fifth one. Let's see here as we scroll through. Um, man, I think it comes down to... I don't want to pick Brock. I almost picked Brock. I know, and I feel like that I need to, but I also feel like at some point they have to get away from that as far as being dependent on him. That's fair. For, for every push. I also looked to see if Rhonda was still on the uh, roster, but she's not. Yeah, I, uh, I would absolutely build around her if she was still on the roster. I'm going to go Buddy Murphy. <laughs> so there you go. Just terrible, terrible pick. <laughs> terrible panic my... pick. So here's here's what I did. Uh, I I went ahead and broke them up into two shows. So Raw would be like my actual top five list, like similar to what Dave did. But then I built a list of guys that I would put on SmackDown because SmackDown is going to be a two hour show. It's going to be mainstream. It's probably going to be a lot less focused on really good technical wrestling and be more about the personalities and the over the topness of it. So I put people that fit into that category on SmackDown. So my idea would be SmackDown would kind of be the, yeah, the over overly commercialized 
it show that you know is more mainstream and then when we got down to my show on raw that i would be running it would be much more focused around in-ring performance and kind of the personalities that we like but before that the honorable mentions these are people that i wanted to put on one of my two squads that i didn't but would be the first picks so first is the fiend I want him on one of my shows, but I can't build around him because I want to keep him very much an attraction. So I want him only appearing sporadically. You never know he's going to show up, but he's not going to be a week-to-week guy. So speaking of that, I noticed once on Twitter this week that you know Fox has got WWE starting you know this Friday or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had at least one from the Fox Sports uh, account, one tweet that was just a gif of the fiend's face with yeah. no other context. Yeah, they they flashed his face up there right before they came back to action on NFL Sunday and freaked a lot of people out cuz people didn't know what it was. Yeah, I f- The I fiend's the hottest like, thing going right now. Yeah. So I feel like he feel like he's making an appearance. I my thought today was that he's making an appearance on the first SmackDown and that's why the Kofi Lesnar match either won't happen or won't finish. Interesting. Okay. Okay, go ahead. No, you've been so correct at predicting things in the show lately. I'm going to file that one away, and we'll congratulate you. All right. So so other honorable mention guys that will be high picks, McIntyre, Ricochet, and Robert Roode. They will be part of my plans. So on SmackDown, here's where I'm sticking the big personalities, not necessarily guys I want to build around, but I think make a good show for Fox. So you got Roman Reigns over there. You've got the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. you got two big guys to beat up on each other. I'm sticking Seth Rollins over there. I'm sticking AJ Styles over there. And I'm sticking The Miz over there. So that's your main... Rollins made any list is just... That's your mainstream SmackDown brand. Now, the Raw brand, these are the five guys that I want to build around. Daniel Bryan. And again, taking... Assuming healthy. Aleister Black, like everybody had on their list. Samoa Joe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Andrade okay. and Dolph Ziggler. You give Where me the, you give me those Alistair... five guys. I can run I can run this thing. So where has Alistair Black been? They just don't know what to do with him right now. They don't know what to do with him. He's on SmackDown beating people in short matches and demanding competition. They don't know what to do with him. Yeah. Hmm. The Dutch He's destroyer. Still back. So, quick question, just hypothetical. If you had to pick for your list present-day Rey Mysterio or present-day Owen Hart, who would you pick? Oh. Huh. I mean, one would one would be a little easier for Brock to F five. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that that sentiment, Dave. I'm so over that. Okay, so should we tease ahead to what's to come oh, next yes. week? I'm seeing this for sure. Is it is it at minimum a two parter? Could even go into a three part situation. Oh, wow. So we are going to cover. In great detail, the 2014 Ebola epidemic in Dallas. And I've been working very, very hard to compile a 
comprehensive narrative that's going to talk us through the entire incident. So my reason for being a, to have the position to do and host this segment is that I was intimately involved in the Dallas Ebola epidemic. There's so this, only, is not, this is not just we looked up Wikipedia and we're going to talk about it. This is a first-hand account. Yes. I'm going to tell you what only, really happened. There's only three people that were more in tune with this story than Tommy, and they all had Ebola. <laughs> yeah, and one of them, well, yeah. I'm, and you there's know what? a dog. Yeah, I'm not going to make a joke about any of that. But no, so I worked at the facility where the initial Ebola patient came. Yeah, poor choice of words. Whoa. Very poor choice of words. That would be contagious, though, just so you know. Like, oh, you mean the result or just like doing that is contagious? Both. It's like, what's about a yawns? <laughs> I mean, hey. You do it. Hey. I think you could make a pretty compelling argument that's the case. Uh, but no, I, I won't be doing stadium shows anymore. And I will get into what I will get into well, what my specific role was, but I was as close to everything that was going on as Dave said, other than the people that actually contracted the virus. And in planning to walk you through the narrative from when it first happened and how we found out about it through the entire incident, through many brushes with greatness, a closed-door meeting with the Reverend Jesse Jackson, a phone call with Barack Obama, um, giving the entire 60 Minutes crew, including Scott Pelley, a tour of the hospital, um, standing right next to George W. Bush as he was signing cards of encouragement. I'm going to tell you about all of this. And also some really funny behind-the-scenes things that have never actually made it into the news media that would make a amazing movie, documentary, or Netflix serialized drama. That I think that's going to be our meal ticket out of this podcast rut we're stuck in right now, is <laughs> sell this story to Netflix. Man, I can't wait. We're just going to sit back and listen for the most part. No, and I mean, I think there's going to be some, some points where I want you guys to ask some questions and probe oh, around. I plan full cross-examination of this. Yeah, and and this story is going to cover everything, and it may even take into the third part, but kind of the way I see it breaking out is we'll start with episode one with the initial patient diagnosis, the terror that descended upon the city of Dallas, during the initial epidemic, some of the uh, concerns about the disease spreading and how the hospital managed that, including uh, how it was managed throughout the media and the crisis situation. And then I think there's another episode about the wave two when people that worked at the facility started to come down with the disease, how that was handled, and then a lengthy amount of time on the post Ebola litigation process, which, again, unfortunately, I was heavily involved in, including uh, being summoned to appear, having my computer and all my emails and text messages seized. There's a lot to get into here. I think it's gonna it's gonna make for some compelling audio, and hopefully, um, hopefully, the people that um, our loyal listeners to our show will not tune out because we they think we're gonna be talking about wrestling. Oh no, there'll be no there'll be no wrestling talk 
the next couple, two or three episodes. Yeah. Now, we may relate all... certain characters in this story to wrestlers, so it's always good to have Google handy in case you want to look up somebody, because we will be using <laughs> lots of pseudonyms in this. Well, I can't wait. This is going to be explosive. This is going to be recorded in probably in my garage. We're going to recreate some magic that hasn't happened since Loose Change. Well, we'll see. Not in the first episode, because I have to go to a soccer game right after, but episode two, we'll, we've got a possibility. I think the listeners need to understand how big this is. This is big. From all three cities scattered across this great nation of ours, we are coming together to record these episodes. Yes. We are going to triple dock <laughs> to bring you the untold story of Ebola in Dallas. The Hounds of Justice, back together one last time. Going out we hope to lose ourselves, then get found in unlikely places. A little presumption's all you need to end up empty. Who really says they hope?